in the wisdom of the world. It also says that it's transient, it's changing. It, it, it's lost its mind, so don't put your hope in that. So I want to read out of Acts 1.8 first, and it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And this has been our main theme because Jesus spoke this to his disciples. And we look at that and we think, oh, this is great. I'm going to be his witnesses when I get saved. But I'm telling you, to be his witnesses, you're going to have to be transformed. And to be transformed, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. And with the power of the Holy Spirit, you need the wisdom of God. You need to make sure that God's word is the center of your wisdom. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to have that wisdom. And just because you're born again and you have the Holy Spirit doesn't mean that you're walking in the wisdom of God. You have to purpose to do that. And you do that by purposing to obey the word that you read. Because if you just read it and you don't do it, then James says you're like a man who looks in the mirror and as soon as you walk away, you forget what you look like. And so it's important for us. We have to have the word of God as our foundation so that we aren't deceived and come up with our own standard of what is right and wrong, good and evil. And that's really what the world is doing now. And so in Psalm 119, verse 89, 119, verse 89, it says, forever, O Lord. So how long is forever? It's forever. Okay, so forever, O Lord. Your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. It's, that means it's not changing. It's not going away. It's not changing according to culture. It's staying the same. All right? I say that because we have to understand with this, you can turn with me to Isaiah chapter 55 now. Isaiah chapter 55. God's ways, the scripture says, are so different than ours. And yet God so lovingly invites us to come and to get his thoughts, to get his ways in our lives. And he does this by us repenting and by the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He gives us those opportunities. And, you know, I've shared in the past when you see something in God's word and you're not doing it, then just repent of it, then begin to do it. Okay, don't don't make it hard and don't just skip over it and say, I'll get to it. No, just stop right there. Repent. You know, through this series, that's what I'm seeing the most is God offers us. The opportunity to walk with him, but it really starts with repentance. I mean, like when you gave your life to the Lord, for salvation, it was because you realized that there was something wrong in your life and you couldn't fix it. So you had to repent. Well, it doesn't, your repentance doesn't stop just because you received Jesus Christ. It continues and it ought to get stronger so that we become more and more like him. But in Isaiah 55, verse 6, it says this Seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he is near. Here, here's the steps that we have to take. Verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way. 
That means to repent. The wicked needs to do this. And the unrighteous man, his thoughts. Leave your thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. I mean, that's the awesome thing about God. He requires something of us, but then he gives us the means to get there. And the beginning of that means is repentance, is confessing our sins and then beginning to walk in his ways. And then here's the invitation, verse 8. And I, th- this is just one of my favorite scriptures, because, but when I see it as an invitation, I want that. I want to answer that invitation. He says in verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord's. Or declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so even though I don't know everything that he's doing in my life, even though I don't understand everything that may be transpiring in my life, there's one thing that I can be sure of. I can trust God. I can trust his heart towards me. I can trust his heart towards you, that he has good in mind for us. And, you know, the wisdom that works in the natural realm doesn't always work in the spiritual realm. If you'll turn with me to Romans chapter 12, please. Romans chapter 12. And we even see that because God's saying, you know, your thoughts, they're not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. As the heavens are higher, so are my thoughts higher than yours. As the heavens are higher. So are my ways higher than your ways. Why not go higher in your life? Why not answer that, that call, that invitation to, to come higher with God? But what happens in the natural doesn't always correlate in the spiritual realm. And Lord willing, we'll get into more of this next week. But I just want to give you a tease of it this morning in Romans chapter 12, verse 14. Romans 12, 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Now that goes against our natural thought, doesn't it? That's not our first reaction. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. And then here's the thing. Never be wise in your own sight. Never. Everybody say never. Never be wise in your own sight. And then verse 17. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. And so he tells us to bless those who persecute us and don't curse them. 
And so, and then he says, not only are we not to repay evil for evil, but we are to look for ways to bless those who are evil against us. Isn't that amazing? So he's saying in verse 17 that what, the last part of it, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. In other words, he's saying don't just react. But just pause and think about, okay, how would God want me to respond to this? What does the Word of God say that I should, this is how I should respond to whatever has happened to your life? And these are totally different ways to respond to life. And that's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives so that we respond appropriately. And one of the descriptions of the Holy Spirit is he promises to be a helper. Now, some of us have become confused in what a helper is. Okay? So if the Holy Spirit is going to help us, this is what he's going to help us do. He's going to help us on the journey as we take those steps of faith to do what we know God has called us to do that may be hard for us to do, that may be very difficult for us to do, but when we take that step of faith to do them, that's when the Holy Spirit comes alongside and He helps us finish it. You see, this is how most of us live our Christian life. Well, the Holy Spirit is my helper, so when He helps me, I'll do it. No, that's not the way it works. He doesn't come alongside of you and start helping you. He waits for you to start doing what you know that God has called you to do. Then he comes alongside and he helps us. He's not going to be the one who forces anything on us. But he's patiently waiting for us to say, God, this is way too much for me to do, but I'm going to do this by faith. I'm going to forgive by faith. Or I'm going to do whatever it is. You do it by faith, then you watch. The Holy Spirit will come. And He will help you. But we have this notion that, we ha that He's just going to help us automatically. No, He doesn't. You start moving in the right direction, and I promise you, He's going to be right there, and He's going to make your way straight. He's going to light up your path for you. But if you're just going to sit still, and you're going to be bitter and angry for the rest of your life, then He's not going to do anything. You're just going to stay in your pity party. And get worse. And then the enemy will find other people that want to have a pity party with you and you all get together and you have a bigger pity party and it'll get worse. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 3, please. So the Holy Spirit as our helper, He helps us. He doesn't do for us what God's Word tells us that we're supposed to do. All right. So, we're to never be wise in our own sight. This is what we're called to. And yet, this is so contrary to the way we live. Because we want to be wise. We want to show ourselves as being wise. But when you're wise in your own eyes, he's talking about being wise according to the ways of the world. And we're not to be like that. In Proverbs chapter 3, starting in verse 5, it says this. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart and do not lean. What? All right, I was just making sure you're paying attention. Trust in the Lord 
with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Now, can you guys do that? I mean, do you need help to do that? Yes. And so when you set out to do this and you can pray this prayer, Lord, teach me to trust you with all of my heart. Then guess what? That activates the Holy Spirit to come alongside of us and help us. Isn't that nice? So we don't have to do it on our own. And do not lean on your own understanding. Do you know we need help from the Holy Spirit not to lean on our own understanding? And so you can say that, you can pray that, you can declare that, Lord, I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. Then boom, the Holy Spirit will come and He'll help you. Now, one of the first things he's going to point out to you is all the times that you do lean on your own understanding. I know that from fact. Okay? He'll show you those things so that he can make the adjustments in your life. But this is what it means to be transformed. This is what it means to have the power of the Holy Spirit come upon us and then after we're transformed, we'll be his witnesses. Verse 6, in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. Verse 7, be not wise in your own eyes. Here we read it again. Let me just read verse 16 of Romans again. Never be wise in your own sight. And here He tells us in verse 7, be not wise in your own eyes. And then he tells you how to do that. He says, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Now, do you need help doing that? Probably. But the Holy Spirit is there to help us. And there's a promise. If we'll do verses 5, 6, and 7, it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. You're going to see the theme of this message. And so, I need us to understand that we place ourselves in danger when we become wise in our own eyes. And we become wise in our own eyes when we have not, when we have stopped fearing the Lord. And by fearing the Lord, I'm talking about having that reverence for Him. Giving Him His due. Okay, when we stop that, that's when we become wise in our own eyes. Even as believers, we can lose our reverence, our fear of God. And then the next step is to become wise in our own eyes. It'll happen to you. When you lose the fear of the Lord, the reverence of the Lord, you will begin to try to figure things out all by yourself with your own understanding, with your natural understanding. And so, as believers, when we lose that fear and reverence, the next step is to turn to evil. In other words, we call evil good and good evil. Is that not what's going on in today's society? But I want you to know something. It goes on all the time. 
we're going to look at some stuff in a few weeks and you're going to see it again. That the world without God is evil. Pure, unadulterated evil. And we are the resistance to evil being full-fledged on the earth. And, and I just want to encourage you with this. It doesn't matter who's in the White House. It doesn't matter who's running which House or Senate. It doesn't matter. The difference makers are right here. Whether we're going to rise up and become what God wants us to become or not. Because if we let things go, and if we're not serious with God and we don't have that reverence towards God, the world sure isn't going to have it. So if you don't like what's going on in the world, just look in the mirror and blame yourself. And then repent and make a change and become what God wants you to become. When we lose the fear of the Lord, we become wise in our own eyes and then we do evil things we never thought that we would ever have convinced ourselves that we would ever do before. And so we fulfill Isaiah 5.20, which says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those, verse 21, woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. And so again, this is the way of the world. This is what's going on in the world today. The world has no fear or reverence of God. And it has become wise in its own eyes and is calling good evil and evil good. And the reason it does that is because the world is living according to its own feelings. Everybody say feelings. And when you live by your own feelings, then you do your own thing and you're going against what God has ordained, and then they try and force it upon everybody else. When we lose our fear of God, we become wise in our own eyes, and we become God in our own mind. It's a little G, not a big G. We become God in our own mind. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 47, please. So now we are the determiners of what is right and wrong and not God and not His Word. When we become wise in our own eyes and we don't have that fear of God, that reverence towards God, then we begin to live by our feelings. And if our feelings say this, then we declare that's how we're going to be. And that's not the way God works. That's not the way His Word works. Remember, His Word is fixed forever. How long is forever? Forever. When we lose our fear of God, then we become the ones who determine what is sin and what isn't sin. Isaiah 47. 
Verse 10. Isaiah 47.10. You felt secure in your wickedness, you said. No one sees me. Your wisdom and your knowledge led you astray. And you said in your heart, I am. And there is no one beside, besides me. And that's what's going on today. When we lose the fear of the Lord, the reverence of the Lord, this is what happens. And we convince ourselves that you are and there is no, no one besides you. Your way is the only way. Your way is the right way. Even though God says it's wrong, you have convinced yourself it's the right way. Notice how he starts this verse. You felt secure in your wickedness. Isaiah, Isaiah 47 verse 11 now. But evil shall come upon you. Which you will not know how to charm away. Disaster shall fall upon you for which you will not be able to atone. And ruin shall come upon you suddenly, of which you know nothing. This is the way the world is walking right now. And they are very bold and very arrogant in their way of walking. And they have convinced people that they have become a god in their own eyes in their own self. And it reminds me of them being no different from the Israelites who turned away from God after they were brought out of Egypt miraculously, supernaturally by the hand of God. And Moses goes up for less than 40 days and they've lost remembrance of who brought them out of Egypt and they turn to their own ways and they create a golden calf and we're still doing the same thing. Because God doesn't answer us immediately, we think we're safe. And so we go on and we continue to sin and sin and sin. But he's saying there's coming a day of there, payday is coming. There's coming a day of reckoning. Now fortunately, God offers that repentance towards us. And anytime you can put a halt to this, you can repent. Turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 1, please. When we become wise in our own eyes, we become so smart in our own mind that we become our own God. And then we give in to our feelings. We've left the truth of God's word for our identity. That's why I started this service out of Psalm 139, because we need to remind ourselves of who made us. You are made by the hand of God. I don't care where you came from. I don't care what your birth situation was. Doesn't matter. There's a heavenly father who made you. 
And He has plans and purposes for you too. And they're good if you'll walk in them. And I'm just here to tell you, if God can hold the universe that we know of together and all the other universes together, if He can hold them together, He can certainly take care of your life. In 2 Chronicles chapter 1, we're going to read, this is what I mentioned earlier about when you get the wisdom of God, you get the other good stuff that God just wants to pour on. 2 Chronicles 1 verse 7. In that night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask what shall I give you? And Solomon said to God, You have shown great and steadfast love to David my father, and have made me king in his place. O Lord God, let your word to David my father be now fulfilled. For you have made me king over a people as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me now wisdom and knowledge to go out and come in before this people. For who can govern this people of yours, which is so great? So that's his heart cry. Verse 11. God answered Solomon, because this was in your heart, and you have not asked for possessions, wealth, honor, or the life of those who hate you, and have not even asked for long life, but have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself, that you may govern my people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. Isn't that awesome? And then he says this, I will also, if I say also, this is what wisdom and knowledge will do for you. I will also give you riches, possessions, and honor, such as none of the kings who had, none of the kings had who were before you, and none after you shall have the like. Now think about this. This is God's response to the heart of Solomon to ask for wisdom and knowledge. And so if he did that for Solomon, what will he do for us? Will he not grant us that wisdom as well? And so when we get wisdom, we get the rest of what God has for us. Now, I don't know how you want to do this. Um, we're going to go through some scriptures about wisdom. I'm going to read them quick. We're almost done. I'm going to read them quick. So I don't know if you want to just write the reference down and you'll go back and look at them later. Uh, but And there, there's quite a few of them. So let's go. Psalm 90, verse 12. Psalm 90, verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Psalm 111, 10. Psalm 111, 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. 
Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 2, 6 to 8. Proverbs 2, 6 to 8. For the Lord gives wisdom. Hallelujah. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. Guarding the paths of justice and watching over the ways of his saints. Proverbs 8, 10-13. We're almost done. Proverbs 8, 10-13. And this is wisdom speaking. Proverbs 8. 10 to 13. Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and I find knowledge and discretion The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of knowledge, but it's also the fear or the hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance and the way of evil are perverted speech I hate. Or and perverted speech I hate. Proverbs 9.10 Proverbs 9.10 The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Proverbs 11.2 Proverbs 11.2 When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the, hum but with the humble is wisdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 18 to 20. 1 Corinthians 3, 18 to 20. Let no one deceive himself. In other words, don't become wise in your own eyes. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is folly to God. In other words, he's saying, if, if you think you're so smart in this world, you don't know anything yet. Because your wisdom is folly to the Lord. For it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. James 1. 2 to 8. James 1, 2 to 8. And I didn't want to throw 2 to 4 in, but we need to see it in context. So, 
James two or James one two to eight. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. <laughs> you know, we want steadfastness, but we want it a different way. We want to be found steadfast, but we don't want to have to go through the testing. Because he said it's the testing of our faith that produces steadfastness. Woo! Holy Spirit, help us. Verse 4. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete or mature, lacking in nothing. Verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For the person, for that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. And so I'm concluding this message today with, you can stand with me, with this. If you need wisdom from God, ask Him. Ask Him. Stand, we're done. Ask Him. He wants to give us wisdom. He wants us to have His wisdom. That's why He's given us the Holy Spirit. One of the reasons why He's given us the Holy Spirit. Because He wants us to be wise. Spiritually wise. Let's pray. Father, we do thank You for this day and the love that You have for us. And we thank You for the ability to walk in wisdom. We can have the wisdom of the world. We need to have be wise in this world to be able to make good decisions. But Father, I thank you that there's a wisdom from heaven that you want us to have, that you want us to walk in. And Father, we want to walk in that wisdom. And Lord, we know from your scripture that when we have your wisdom and your knowledge, your understanding, then all the other things will be added unto us. But Father, Your Word says that if anyone lacks wisdom, we can ask of You. And so Father, we ask in faith. We ask with the help of the Holy Spirit that when You begin to speak to us and give us the wisdom, Father, by the help of the Holy Spirit, we're going to obey Your Word. And we thank You for that. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen and Amen. All right, after lunch, take your nap and catch up. If you need prayer, feel free to come up. We'll be delighted to pray with you.